good to be in church today. Amen. A lot of things you could be doing, a lot of places you could be, but you're in church. And you know what? Sometimes just sometimes that's a win. You know, sometimes I get up in the morning and like a win for me is just to not do something real stupid in life. And uh, sometimes a win on Sunday is just coming to the doors to church. Like, that's a win. So you're here today, and uh, I applaud you for that, and uh, I'm thankful you're here, and uh, I'm thankful for the Lord today, <laughs> for the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ that saves us. It saves everybody, right? It saves everybody. Amen. I'm thankful for it. want to give a, a big thank you to Pastor uh, Mike and uh, this entire team, staff. You're very blessed here in Campbellton, and uh, we observe this church and ministry team at a distance, and my wife and I often talk back and forth. We do creep you occasionally on Facebook. Sorry. We do creep you on Facebook. Good thing. Uh, and so we, we really look up to this church and uh, what it's doing in the kingdom of God and in our district. So we're so thankful for that. Uh, all of you local people here who this is your home church, you are very blessed to have the leadership you have here uh, in Campbellton. Why don't you give them a hand today? It is, you are blessed. Amen. And it's always good to have my wife with me. My kids are terrorizing your kids somewhere else over here. Um, no fire alarms have gone off yet. Lights haven't flickered and dimmed, so my kids are doing all right. But they are warming up to you and to your children, and I'm grateful for it. I want to thank this church, too. You, you probably know this, maybe you don't, but you support us every single month at LCC, and we are forever grateful for that. So thank you for sacrificing and helping us out. We are a new church, a young church, all but four years old, and uh, God's done some great things. We had 42 people in church on Sunday, which we were thankful for. We just recently baptized somebody in Jesus' name, which we're thankful for. The young lady we just recently baptized is, is a phenomenal uh, lady. She struggles with a lot of different uh, potential issues, but when she gets to church and she gets her on the Bible studies and she was baptized, there's just something about that that helps her, and there's help in Jesus. There's help in Jesus. Amen. Well, we're going to, you know, get rid of all that stuff that's out of the way right now. But let's turn, turn to the Bible. Let's turn to the word of the Lord today in uh, Mark chapter number 10. And I'm going to get you to stand with me, if you would, Mark chapter 10. And we're going to read a pretty good chunk of scripture here. It's a pretty familiar passage of scripture, one that I personally love. And uh, I have looked to it numerous times. I think the longer you serve God, the more you do that. The more you kind of go back to those uh, stories or those, those, those chunks of Scripture that really speak to you. And they, they, they tell you something about your life or your situation. So I kind of go back to this occasionally. And uh, it's the story of blind Bartimaeus. Everyone say blind Bartimaeus. It's the story of blind Bartimaeus and his miraculous healing. And some of the hurdles he had to deal with involved. Um, I don't want to sit here and paint a pretty picture that when you come to the Lord, there's not some hurdles. Right? It's, it's not easy street. right? There are some things that can kind of impede our progress and, and get in the road. And that's what I love about this story is it gives us this, this man who really had the odds stacked against him that he was just going to let his faith speak louder than his issue. And that's what I want to talk to you today about is your faith has a voice. And it needs to be louder than the issue that also has a voice. All right, so let's read it together. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Now they came to Jericho, speaking of Jesus and the disciples. 
And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude, and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, there's our man right there, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. He was noted by the town as a beggar. His identity was that. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Man, faith just started crying out. Faith started crying out, Jesus, have mercy on me. Then, this is what kind of blows me away right here. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus, watch it, Jesus stood still. He listened to the cry of faith more than the cry of criticism. Jesus stood still, and he commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind men, saying, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, note that, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you today? The blind man said, Rabboni, that is, that I may receive sight. And Jesus said, go your way, your faiths may be well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. I want to talk to us today by the Spirit of the Lord and the word from this title, Faith and Issues. Everyone say, I have faith. Now you've got to admit this one. Say, I've got issues. Look at your neighbor and say, i got faith. And also say, I've got issues. All right, now we're all on the same page now. Thank you, Jesus, for your word today. Thank you for each person who is here. God, I just pray that your mercy and grace and life-changing power would rest upon us. Let our faith, God, find its voice in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. God bless you. You can be seated. You know, we live a life of faith. We do. We, we live a life that we lean into Jesus. And sometimes I feel like we have the perception or we give people the perception that because we live for the Lord and we call ourselves Christian, no matter what denominal stripe you have or what color it is, we feel that because we are people of faith that problems somehow avoid us. That faith and issues shouldn't go together, that if you have faith, you shouldn't have any issues. And that can sometimes be a heavy weight that we carry because we have issues. We struggle with the fact, is my faith lacking? Ever been there before? You can be real. I'm a human being. I have flesh and blood like you. I make mistakes. You make mistakes. We all have faith in issues today, okay? Sometimes we feel like because we live a life of faith that we should be absent of any issues. That is so much out left field that's not even biblical because when you have issues, you have faith to get you through the issues, all right? So having an issue of your life doesn't mean you don't have faith or you're lacking faith. Here's what I believe happens. If you live life by saying, well, you know, Pastor Paul, I, I've got issues, so my faith must be low. What's wrong? No, faith won't necessarily eliminate the issues for you. Here's what faith can do for you. Faith can give you a deeper understanding of the issue that you're in. So when you're up against an issue, if you petition God, who, if he's not taking it away, God, if you're not going to take the issue away, let me understand the depth of the issue that I can properly face it. So when you're struggling with issues, everyone say issues. 
ask God to give you perspective in your issue. Sometimes we wear ourselves out wanting God to take the issue away. And someone said, right? Yeah. God, take it away. God, take it away. Take away this sickness. Take away this financial stress. Take away that person. See, you pray like I do too. We're on the same page. And, you know, sometimes God's like, I'm not going to take it away because then you really wouldn't see what I can get you through. You know, a lot of times we look at faith as, God, what can you take away from me or what can you heal me from? And we define God's ability to do amazing things based upon his, his power to heal and to save and to, to uh, you know, help us avoid certain things. But what if I was to tell you the greatest revelation of the power of God is not always what he keeps from you or takes from you, but it's what he takes you through. So when you're in the middle of a trying time, if God's not taking it away yet, say, well, you know what? If he's not taking it away, I believe he can take me through it. And as he takes you through it, more of your faith is strengthened, right? You're revealing more of who you are. God's revealing more of who he is. And someone said amen. So your faith and issues, they're not these, you know, our eternal enemies. They actually can help each other out. Your faith can help your issue, and your issue can help your faith get closer to Jesus Christ, which is what we have in this story about blind Bartimaeus. Everyone say Bartimaeus. It's just fun to say, isn't it? Bartimaeus. Emily, if we have any more kids, it's Bartimaeus. She's already designing how she's going to talk to me in the car on the way home right now. So Bartimaeus is a blind guy who has an identity in his area. People know him by his hang-up. Isn't that how we are? We kind of get our identity based upon what we're bad at, not by what we're good at. And that's how culture identifies us and friends identify us. So blind Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, he's the blind guy who begs every single day on the roadside. His identity is strictly based upon his social relationship. That creates his identity. He's the poor blind guy. That's all Bartimaeus is. Blind, and here, Jesus kind of comes into his life. He enters into Bartimaeus' world. And Bartimaeus does something. Here's what happens. Everyone say perceived faith. His faith perceived an opportunity. Something inside Bartimaeus said, maybe today's the day I can be free from blindness. So the little tiny voice inside of Bartimaeus' mind said, maybe you should cry out to him. The simple reaction of, I'm going to cry to Jesus today, and maybe it will, no guarantee, maybe he'll take away my blindness. So Bartimaeus' faith perceived an opportunity to get him out of a very difficult time. All right? And when you come to church, and you worship God, and you felt what I felt, and you felt like raising your hands, and you feel like saying amen, and you feel like making a step towards Jesus, and you feel like saying yes to baptism, and you feel like saying yes to the Holy Ghost. What's happening inside of you? I'll tell you, faith is perceiving its chance to take you out of your situation. I feel God here today, everybody. When you get in the atmosphere with Jesus, something inside of you says, maybe I should react. Listen, that's not what you ate for breakfast or last night. That's not some whipped out dream. That's faith trying to wake you up to say, go ahead and cry out to the Lord for a moment. So we got to let our faith begin to speak and acknowledge that and obey it. 
So Bartimaeus starts to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I love it. He broke protocol. The blind beggar broke all the rules. He wasn't supposed to do that. A blind beggar or a beggar, you, you didn't approach a, a well-known rabbi teacher. It was, you, you don't do that. That would be like today. The saint, the equivalent of somebody homeless and out on the streets approaching a powerful, you know, wealthy individual, a CEO, and saying, give me some money. It's the same kind of issue. Bartimaeus just starts crying out to Jesus. Jesus, son of David, ha have mercy on me. I, I need you. And then what happens? A follower gets in the road. A disciple. We can't get in the road, can we, Pastor Mike? No, 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 no. God filters it all through us, doesn't he? A, a disciple, a follower says, be quiet. Be quiet. I'll tell you when and how and what to do. I'm really glad that that blind guy just totally ignored him and said, just shut up, dude. I'm going to cry out to Jesus today. You just keep yakking a bit. I'm going to keep on talking to God. And that's okay to have that mindset when someone's trying to get between you and Jesus. Let them just keep running their mouth. You just keep crying out to Jesus Christ. So this is what happened. They start to, to cry out because that's a thing, everybody. I don't want to be the thing that gets in the way of somebody and Jesus Christ. And we can do that. And, and Pastor Mike may, may slap my hands after, after church day, and that's okay. Mark chapter 9, Jesus does something, and he responds to his disciples in a real powerful way. We're going to read two verses of Scripture, all right, that talk to us about we need to know our place in the kingdom of God. We need to know where we stand. All right, let's go to uh, Mark 10 and 13. I love this. They brought little children to him. Don't you love kids? I feel like I'm in a church that loves kids. I had a conversation, actually, last night with somebody, and they're like, kids are just a thing I love. So the Bible says that they brought little children to him, that he might touch them. Oh, my, but look who gets in the way. The disciples, the close followers of Jesus, rebuke those who brought them, thinking they could filter the audience that Jesus wants to see. I'll tell you who can come to him and who can't come to him. Jesus looks at them, next verse, he was what? Greatly displeased. And he says, let the little kids come to me, and don't forbid any of them, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven too. And then in Mark chapter 9, verse 38, another instance. I, I just felt to lay this in here to let us understand that we don't hold the reins of who gets what from Jesus Christ. Disciple or not. John answered and said, Teacher, we saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons in your name, and who does not follow us. We forbade him because he didn't follow us. And Jesus said, Don't forbid him. For no one who works a miracle in my name can soon afterwards speak evil of me. Whoever gives you a cup of water in my name, drink it. Because you belong to Christ, assuredly, I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Jesus is saying, stop trying to control who comes to me. Stop trying to determine and dictate who can come to me. When they're crying out for me, they deserve my help. Is that all right? So here, when you start to cry out to Jesus Christ, don't worry about what somebody says. 
they, they can't be the one to determine whether you qualify for Jesus or not. If you're a soul who needs the Lord, I got great news for you. You qualify for Jesus Christ. Listen, you walk out to the street here today and you get hit or struck by a car or fall and hurt yourself, you qualify for an ambulance. Listen, if you're sin sick and you need help, you qualify for the blood of Jesus on your life. And if there's a disciple in the room who would try to determine whether or not they're worthy or not, let me just throw this out there for Pastor Mike. That's above your pay grade. You don't make that call. That's, that's, the, that's the blood of Jesus that makes that call. And I got great news for you. No matter who you are, what you've done, what you've been through, what you smoked, drank, who you've been with, Jesus wants to let you know you qualify for him. Man. The blind guy who was supposed to be ostracized and have no hope, he qualified for Jesus just like you do. So faith perceived the opportunity. Faith said, yeah, I'm going to cry out to him. I'm going to cry out to him. Faith said, it's your chance. Now is your time. Reach to Jesus. Walk to Jesus. Trust Jesus. Now, has anyone felt that before? Don't be ashamed of that. Yeah, I felt that. You know what? That's faith trying to get a voice in your life. You know, we teach little kids, that's a beautiful child right there. And we, we're like, oh, how's your little one doing? He's just finding his voice. She's finding her voice, and they start talking, and you encourage them to find that voice. Listen, I want to come alongside Pastor Mike and say, saying of God, find the voice of faith in your life. You might not get it right every time. Neither does an infant, but when you start to exercise finding your voice, you begin to exercise faith, and God honors that faith today, finding my voice of faith. What happens when you start to do that? All of a sudden, you get this rush of courage, and inspiration floods your heart, and you believe in your mind and spirit, hey, this is my time. And I just feel that in my heart today, everybody. It's someone in this room. You're thinking about that. You're wanting to do that. Maybe what that pastor's saying is true. Let me tell you, if faith is trying to shake you to respond, listen, this means there is such a great reward for you. And God's got his hand on you. And he loves you. And he'll call you to him. So let your faith perceive the opportunity of a lifetime. That your life can be transformed in Jesus' name. So this blind man, he just says, you know what? I perceive faith in my own heart, and I'm not going to let anybody squander that. I'm going to begin to cry out. And the Bible says he gets up. He just keeps crying and keeps crying. And then a disciple comes to him and says, hey, you know what? He heard you. What beautiful words. He heard you. Wouldn't that just give you a sense of peace like you never had before? Let me tell you something. When you cry out to him. He hears you. What is peace, Pastor Paul? Peace is when you understand he's heard my cry. And he will, he will do what he's called me to do. So the blind man gets the word that, hey, he wants you. He tells somebody, he wants you. He loves you. He wants you. So the blind guy. He gets up, and the scripture says he does something really cool here. He drops his garment. He casts it aside. You may think that's just nothing. That's what, what's the big deal about the garment? A huge deal for that beggar. Big time. Listen, he, he didn't have a home to go to. He didn't have a bed at night. He didn't have anything. He didn't have running water or refrigerator or power. He didn't have an iPhone. He couldn't check in status on Facebook, let his other homeless friends know where he was. He had none of that stuff. 
He was absolutely down and out. He had an outer garment. That was it. And he cast it aside. That garment, listen to me, had a lot of value to him. It wasn't just some old ratty old thing he didn't care about. It had a lot of value to him. And maybe he cast it aside so he didn't want to have anything to impede or restrict his movement. As he goes towards Jesus, I'm coming to Jesus, and I'm going to make sure I get to him. I don't want to be restricted on my way to him. And that garment is very special. He cast aside something so precious to him. He says, I'll let it go for him. I want to tell somebody, let me preach you just for a minute. Sometimes when he calls you, you might have to let go of some things to get to him. Sin, behaviors, relationships. Is that God being nasty? No, no, no. It's God setting you up to give you the best life you ever had. How precious is that garment? Actually, so much so that Exodus tells us we have a law in Scripture that we're not supposed to take the beggar's garments because it's very precious to him. If you lend money, Exodus 22 and verse 25, if you lend money to any of my people who are poor among you, you shall not be like moneylenders to him who will charge interest. If you take your neighbor's garment as a pledge, you shall return it to him before the sun goes down. For that, oh man, is his only covering. It's his garment for his skin. How would you feel if that's all you had? What will he sleep in? And he will, it will be that when he cries to me, I will hear, for I am I'm gracious. And I'll tell you this right now. I'm going to insert this. No matter what you have or don't have, he's gracious to you. You don't have to be rich and famous. You can be poor or down and out and have a garment to your name. And you cry to him. He hears you. Why? So scripture says the blind man cast aside the garment. He, he, he says, I'm going to set this aside. I'm going to make sure I get to Jesus Christ. I'll lose it all for him. What a contrast. It's a conversation earlier in scripture when Jesus has a talk with the rich young ruler. Big time contrast. If you, just, if you back up uh, to that passage of scripture. He's talking, to, it's in Mark 10, same chapter as the blind man is in. Mark 10, 21, 22. The young guy wants to know how to get to heaven and what to do to eternal, for eternal life and to be a good person. How do I make this go, Jesus? And the Lord says, all right, you've done a lot of good things. And God looks at him, and the Bible says he loved him. And he said, one thing you lack, oh my, when Jesus says we lack something. No one likes to have that point out, do they? No, not at all. When Jesus says, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Come, take up your cross and follow me. And he was sad at that word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. The blind guy says, take it all. I, don't want, I want Jesus. And the rich guy says, I refuse to let it go, and I'll pick my treasures over my Savior. So I'm tell us something today. When we come to Jesus... We should come to him open-handed and let the Holy Ghost, let the power of God work on you. Maybe, I feel like I'm talking to somebody, maybe you've had that little voice of faith, perceived faith in your spirit, and you want to get up, but you have a hold of something in your life that you haven't re released yet. That's keeping you in your seat. And when Jesus says, come, you're like, I can't. I just can't let go of this. Can I give you some reassurance? Don't, don't let me being a pastor and preacher fool you. I used to have a hang a hold of a lot of stuff in my life, a lot of 
uh, garbage, drinking, drugs, partying, all that stuff. Listen, it is worth letting go to come to Jesus Christ. What you have a hold of right now restricting you to get to Jesus, listen, let me tell you something. It means nothing when it comes to receiving the Holy Ghost and being baptized in his name. That's where true life change happens. So I want to tell you, let go of anything that would keep you stuck in your seat and not giving in to the voice of faith, but allowing the issue to speak for you. Can we raise our hands, amen, this afternoon? I'm going to come to a close here quickly. I thank you for hearing me today. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your spirit, God, how it talks to us, how it speaks to us, how it puts its finger right where we are. God, I pray faith would be perceived in these people this afternoon that they would understand the power of life change in you. You tell someone in this room, I'm coming to a close quickly here. Listen, listen, let faith speak for you and not your issue. Let faith start talking, not your issue. It's a struggle we have, isn't it? The issue has a voice just like your faith does. The issue says, you can't live without me. Or people do. The issue says, you'll always be addicted. The issue says, mom and dad were like that, you're going to be like that. The issue says, you were abused, no one loves you, so just get used to it. And the issue talks to us. The issue speaks to us. And if we're not careful, we over, over time, we always listen to the voice of the issue when faith is saying, hey, hey, I'm over here. I, I'm, I'm right here. You can be free of that. Faith's like waving his arms. like I'm right here. What do I do, Paul? It's it sounds easy, but it can be tough. Did you ever say talk to the hand? Sometimes there's power in ignoring. I'm guilty of having selective hearing. Any men, women, you're guilty of selective hearing. My wife's laughing under her mask. I can see it. But listen, just because issues start talking doesn't mean issues have to get your attention. You can selectively, you know what, no. The issue says I'm like this, I'm stuck like this, i got to be like this. But faith says come on out and see Jesus for a while. Faith says walk out from where you're at, let go of some things, and, and come to where Jesus is. And faith says you can be free of that. And the entire time you're making your way to Jesus, the issue's like, no, 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 I'm back here. And you're like, no, I'm going to listen to faith for a while. Faith's going to have the final word in my issue, not my issue over my faith. That's the power of Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus says, the issue's talking. People are yakking, but I perceive faith to get my miracle right now. I'm going to Jesus. I'm letting go of everything. Talk how you want to talk. Ridicule me. Call me a beggar. I'm going to Jesus today. Faith will lead my steps, not my issue. So perhaps somebody in the room today, the biggest issue of your life is you always give the issue the last word. But let me tell you something. What's the shift in our faith? What's the shift in my walk with God? It's when you start to listen to faith more than the issue. 
How am I being victorious, Pastor Mike, when you say, hey, issues are speaking, but I'm listening to faith instead of my issues? Does that mean issues go away? Not all the time. It just means they don't have the final say in your life. It means he does. And when he says, I'll get you up, I'll pick you up, I'll put you where you need to be, Jesus means that. we got a powerful passage of Scripture, Psalm 40 and verse 2. We talk about it, sing about it, we do all that stuff with this verse. I love it. He brought me out of a what? A horrible pit. That pit literally means a noisy place. The miry clay is a cistern. A cistern's a dried up well. Whoa, 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 what do you mean, Paul? It means it's the place that water used to flow. Stuck in the muck. Well, muck has to get muddy by what? With water in it. It literally means I'm stuck in a noisy, dried up well where water used to flow. Who am I talking to today that the living water is not flowing like it used to in your life? I'm stuck in a pit. It's noisy. All I hear is my regret. All I hear is what I can't do. All I hear is neglect. All I hear is shame. All I hear is my past. I'm stuck in a dried up well. Where water used to be. Let me tell you something. Dried up wells and miry clay and noisy pits. They can't keep Jesus from pulling you out of it. He does what? He brings me up out of that noisy, dried up, what used to flow place. And he sets my feet upon a rock, and then he gives me purpose. Let's all stand today. What's it saying? Jesus is saying in that verse of Scripture, the issue looks like it's winning. Who am I talking to that? You're stuck in the past. You're stuck in your in your issue. You're stuck. Life's drained. It's just this noisy echo of hurt and pain, addiction, depression. I can't pull you out. But I know somebody who can. I don't know the the antidote to the wound in your soul, but I know one who does. His name is Jesus Christ. Maybe your well is full today. Maybe the place that in your life you're not stuck in a pit, but the water's flowing and you feel great and you're in the spirit and things are wonderful, but I guarantee you somebody in here has had the water sucked out of their well and it's just now a noisy pit where they're stuck. You need something. Well, I got good news for you. He's living water. He's living water. He'll pull you up. He'll set you down. He'll give you purpose. And he'll set your feet on a direction that'll give you extreme value. How about it? How many will say, you know what? Pastor Paul, I'm ready to let go of the garment that's holding me down. I'm going to throw away all the relationships that drag me down. I'm going to kick aside the substances. I'm going to kick aside the ideas that keep me stuck where I'm at. I'm going to reach and call to him and let faith do the talking for me, not my issue. Would you raise your hands with me, church, this afternoon, and begin to just worship Jesus? Jesus, 
Listen, you don't have to do this right, okay? There's no perfect way. God's not standing above you saying, I'm not until you say it perfectly am I going to pull you up. Nope, you, you just start to cry out to him. Jesus, I don't know how to say it, what to say. I just feel something in my heart saying, reach to you. So I'm reaching to you. So I'm pulling myself towards you. God, I pray for faith for that one right now, that they would feel your presence, feel your touch, feel that anointing come over their life right now, and you'd break chains, God, that would bind them and keep them where they are.